Praise the Lord. I want to welcome those watching by live stream. Thank you for joining us tonight. Just get your Bible out, set aside all distractions, and then tune in. Get ready for what God has for you. I mean, if you're watching, you may as well get something. So turn off the vacuum cleaner, shut down. Come on, somebody. And and sit down and tune in. Praise the Lord. We encourage you to like and, and comment down there and like the post. In fact, don't just like them, love them. How about you love them? And uh, send us some love, share our content, um, you know, subscribe to the YouTube channel and, uh, you know, hit the notification bell. There's a notification bell there that tells you that, uh, you know, you can click on that. That They tell me this anyway, that if you click on that, you'll get notified whenever we come live so, or post something. So we encourage you to do that. That can be one way you partner with us. We, we, we have so many people that are joining and becoming partners. And so thank you for all your supply. Um, but I want to go ahead, if you brought your Bible tonight, and begin by turning with, with you, together with you, over to the book of Acts, the 24th chapter. I want to pick up on something that uh, uh, the Lord began to deal with me about two weeks ago. The last time I preached here was two Sundays ago. Well, you know, 10 days ago. So, um, but he began to deal with me before we uh, had the Thanksgiving break about some of the new ones coming in and how that my heart was going out to them so much that the things that this church has been given utterance to uh, for in the past that have been such a vital part of this church's spiritual success and how that the new ones coming in haven't heard some of those things. And I I just got it in my heart. It came up in my heart again today, real strong. Uh, The keys that we need to go over some of these things that are the keys to the spiritual success of this congregation, you know, the the victories that that people have won. And so uh, we're doing another one of those tonight. Is that all right? All right. Acts 24. Look with me at verse number 14. Paul is preaching here. Acts chapter number 24, or excuse me, verse number 16. He said, herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense towards God and toward men. I exercise myself to keep this, this, this offense out of my life, you could say, where my, my conscience isn't bother me. The conscience is the voice of your spirit. Now, I exercise myself to have a conscience that doesn't, that, that's, that's not bothering me about being offended. Uh, and so this truth about living free from offense was, was one of the things that God really spent some time on in Spirit of Faith Family Church. And we dug around in it for weeks. We've got a long series. I don't know how many audios out there in the series. It's on the vault. For those of you watching live stream, um, there's a gem vault on the, on the uh, website, the Eberly Ministries website, that you can listen to all these teachings, the ones we're talking about tonight, the, the Living Free from Offense. You can listen to that. There's a whole series on it on the gem vault. It's all free. Uh, and so we, we encourage you to go listen to that. But, but we want to get back into it here again tonight. Excuse me. Something's hanging down in my eye here. Um, so he said here, uh, we use this verse so, so many times when we preach on this, you might say, I got this down. Well, how many of you know that the word is a revealer of the thoughts and the intents of the heart? Let me say this. If you've got it down, you're ahead of me. Cause I, this thing tries to creep up on me. And so I've got to constantly, like Paul, here's Paul, the great apostle, uh, who, who said, I, ha- I have to exercise myself in this. There's, there's, there's this, uh, in other words, there's constant opportunities being presented to Paul uh, where he had to exercise himself. Now, exercise implies work, spiritual work. And so he's basically saying, I have to exercise myself in this because let me tell you, if there's anybody that had an opportunity to be offended, it was Paul. You know, there were all kinds of wrongs done to him. In fact, he said in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty nine, he said, who is offended and I burn not. In other words, there were things that his flesh would just catch fire with offense about. 
and he'd say, no, I'm, I, he said, you put that together with this verse. He didn't yield to it. He said, I exercise myself in not walking in what my flesh wants me to do. Or say what my flesh wants me to say. Because Paul's hot. I'm talking about his flesh. Excuse me, I'll rephrase that. His flesh got hot. He was offended and I burn, not burn as a fire. There was a, there was a, his flesh caught fire with offense. Anybody know that feeling? I didn't say you had to yield to it, but how many of you know you felt it before? Your pride was wounded. Somebody did something, somebody said something, or somebody didn't say something, or didn't, didn't do something, or you just thought they should have done something, and they didn't. Uh, I heard a minister say this, and I kind of adopted it in my life. Uh, it helps me a lot. I think it'll help you a lot. You can take it, make it a blessing in your life. But he basically said, um, expect nothing and be thankful for everything. That way you won't get disappointed so often when yeah. they should have done this and they should have recognized me or said this or they should have, they should have thanked me or they should have, you know what I'm talking about? Yes, Expect nothing, be thankful for everything. That's good. That's good. That way you won't get so offended so many times. Yeah. Everything. Now, when I say expect nothing, I mean from people. Yeah from God. Make God your source. Expect him to take care of you. But when it comes to people, expect nothing. <laughs> Amen. So now that doesn't mean that you don't expect something out of your children. You're, you're assigned to train your children. Did you, did, did you say thank you for that when your grandma gave you that Christmas $10 or something like that? I expect you. <laughs> so you understand the way we're saying that. So, but, so just uh, let's dig around in this a little bit tonight. And uh, he said here he had to exercise himself to not take offense. Uh, herein do I exercise. You might want to underline that word exercise. You know, to, to, get, to get strong physically, you got to exercise. You can't go down to the gym and say, I hear down here's where they get muscles. I brought my credit card. I want to buy some muscles. <laughs> they'll say, we'll take your credit card. But then they'll say, follow me. And they'll, they'll bring you over to the bench press or something, you know. Lay down there. Put on whatever weight to start with. And here, push that, take that off. And push, oh, I didn't want to do any work. I just wanted muscles. A lot of Christians want to be strong in faith. They want to be strong in the love walk, but they don't ever want to push anything away from them. They don't want to exercise. Don't pass up opportunities to grow strong. Yeah. So taking offense, uh, Jesus said, I don't know if you've ever read this, it's impossible, but that offenses will come. You ever, you ever noticed Jesus said that? impossible, but that offenses will come. Uh, notice he didn't say it's impossible to keep from taking offense. No, he's basically saying it's going to come. But, uh, and really in the last days, it's going to come more. Matthew 24, we were studying that earlier this year, uh, you know, last couple months, uh, he said there in the last days, that's one of the mark of the last days. Many will be offended. Yes. Have you ever noticed? Have you noticed that kind of in the last five to 10 years, the level of offense just kind of went up. Everybody's mad for some reason, you know, they don't even know what they're mad at. They're just mad. Uh, but he, that's a characteristic of the last days. How many of you know we're not to let that on the inside of us? That's not to be in the church. That's not to be in the body of Christ. That's not to be in our hearts and our lives. But it'll come. If, if it's out there with that kind of, if it's that thick out there, it's going to try to get inside of us. You know, and you know, somebody cuts you off in traffic, you're going to be tempted to, you know. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, 
bad habit people have in eastern Iowa of driving on the left side of the road. And I have had to crucify my flesh because I've found myself speeding up because what I'm going to do is I'm going to get in front of them and I'm going to slow down. And I have to go, stop it. <laughs> Maybe it's something else for you, but that's just where I crucify my flesh as well as other areas. But so, you know, this is something we're going to have to deal with. Um, yes, it is. And uh, because offense will lead to speaking wrong words. And wrong words can cause others to stumble. And causing baby Christians especially to stumble is a serious deal. Yes. Remember Jesus said it's better that a millstone be hung around our neck? Because Jesus is just filling that, you know, the Bible's not long enough. He wants to just fill some things. No, no, that's, that's reality. Yes. Causing somebody, I have gone before the Lord in fear and trembling saying, Lord, did, did I do something wrong? To cause that one to stumble. I have sought God in things because that's a serious deal. And corrected myself if I needed to, you know, just. And so these things, uh, you know, people just let, you know, you ever heard the term loose lips sink ships? People just say something uh, offend, offensive or say something offended that causes someone that's a baby Christian to stumble. And it's a serious deal with God. So we got to not only learn not to take offense, but part of that learning not to take offense is learning to practice and zip on the lip. Everybody goes zip. It's too expensive. Costs too much. And uh, besides that, it's not only a danger of causing others to stumble. Really, offense has... No one who's offended has a vibrant faith life. Jesus said so in Mark chapter number six in his own hometown. He found three triplets running around together. Joined at the hip. He found three of them joined at the hip. And he pointed them out forever for us to remember that they run together. If you find one, you'll find the other. Offense, uh, unbelief, and dishonor. Remember those three triplets he found there in Nazareth? And, uh, and so no man who has, who has a, a offended, you know, he's living offended or is offended, has a vibrant faith life for the blessings of God. Amen. So, um, you know, people don't realize it, but offense, well, yielding to offense is walking in spiritual darkness. Listen to me. Um, if, if, if people are offended, that's not walking in love. First John two, remember nine, 10 down through there, 11 talks about if a man walks, he's not walking in love, he's walking in darkness. And so to be, to walk in offense is walking in darkness. And if somebody's walking in darkness, they don't know where they're going. So here's a question for you. Why would you follow them? They don't know where they're going. They say, I sure do. I know where I'm going. No, you don't. You might think you do, but you're going right into the trap of the enemy. Amen. They don't, offended people don't know where they're going. They're in darkness. Their, their, their sense of reality is distorted. That's the truth. I've been there before. And uh, let me just tell you, we're going to address this more as we go. But when you're, when you're in offense, uh, that's not the time to be making decisions. It's not the time at all to be making decisions. Wait till you cool off, get over it, and then see if God's really leading you. And I get amazed how people think they're being led by the Spirit. Yeah. And it's amazing. They didn't have that leading for 20, you know, 30, you know whatever, how many years yeah. until they got offended. Then they got that leading. Yeah. Yeah. They thought it was the Holy Ghost, but that it wasn't the Holy Ghost. Yeah. So um, let's talk about it a little bit. Anybody want to talk about it a little bit? 
And so uh, Acts 24, 16 here, like I said, if there's anybody that had the opportunity to be offended, it would have been Paul. Um, but in the Bible, offense is mentioned as a characteristic of the culture of these last days. You can find that in Matthew. We just referred to that, Matthew 24, 10. And so in our day, we're going to have to push this away from us more than any, any, any generation has ever had to do it. Amen. And so it's important that we look at this. Amen. You won't have to do it just once, but you'll have to do it over and over and over again. He said, I exercise myself. Now here's a spiritual giant. You might call him a spiritual giant. He's, he's stalwart. He's, he's uh, the leading minister of his generation. And he said, I still have to exercise myself. So no matter how much you grow spiritually, you'll never get to the place where it's impossible to be offended. In other words, without watching it. You, you, can, you can live without being offended, but you have to watch it. Not, not watch what people do to offend you, but watch over your own spiritual condition. That's what I'm talking about. Amen. Because things will creep in. Uh, and so Paul's a giant in the spirit, so to speak, but he said, I have to watch over this. I have to do this not just once, but over and over again, because it's going to keep coming at you, especially if it keeps working. The enemy sees it keeps working. He'll just, he'll just set up things and situations and, and bring people along to push that button right there. <laughs> Isn't that right? So you have to exercise yourself. Exercise equals work. Amen. If you don't push it away, you will, you will take it. The opposite of pushing it away is taking it. Now, now Jesus said it's impossible, but that offenses will, you know, it's impossible to go through life without offenses coming at you. But he's, he's not saying you can't live without being offended. Offense, most Christians don't think so, but offense, or taking offense, let's put it that way, is a choice they make. They just offended me. Let's, let's first of all, to be free, first of all, what we got to do is we got to get our phraseology right. They just, they just offended me. Why don't we say it right? I chose to be offended. But, but I couldn't help it. Okay, let's just rip the pages out of the Bible to tell us not to be offended. Apparently, we could help it. Would God ask us to do something that we're not able to do? And so, you, you, it will take some strength. We understand that. It'll take some, you know, this is not for spiritually, spiritual weaklings. Spiritual weaklings and spiritual dull people that never feed their spirit, never do anything, uh, you, know, you know, to grow spiritually, uh, spiritually lazy people and so forth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll, you know what I'm talking about? They'll live in a fence. But if you're going to live free from it and I'm going to live free from it, it's going to take a spiritual effort. You have to watch over your spiritual condition. You ought to look at the Bible. There's several places that said, take heed to yourself. Take heed to yourself. Take heed to yourself. That means watch over your spiritual condition. Watch over your spiritual condition. Because uh, one translation says, remember there in uh, uh, Ephesians, what is that, 4.27, or I believe, where it says, be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. One translation, it's the wand translation. Not wand, J-U-A-N, but W-A-N-D. W-A-N-D, Ephesians, what is that, 427? Uh, be angry, sin not. The wand translation says, it's when you're in a sulky frame of mind that the devil has his greatest opportunity. Ooh. Ooh, whoa, 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 whoa. Sulky frame of mind, that's, that could be offense. That could be pity parties. Whatever, just... Sulky, lip poked out. You've seen your children do it, right? <laughs> I didn't say your husband. I said your children, right? Just, <laughs> it's, it's, 
That's when, that's when, it says that's when uh, the devil has his greatest opportunity. In other words, let's put it this way. If, if you get sulky, feeling sorry for yourself, feeling all hurt and bothered and offended and, and unforgiving towards somebody, that you, here's, here's what you need to know. Here's what you need to know. You want, you want to know something maybe? Find something out? In that condition, here's what's happening. The devil's working on you. He's working on you. Working, working. He, he's, he's trying to get you in a place. That something gets in you that belongs to him. If he can get it in there, then he has the power over you. Something in you belongs to him, so he has the right to it. And it's in you, so he has the right to your life. It's an open door to him, in other words. So that makes us want to pay attention, doesn't it? And so it's a little bit like the, I, I, you know, the series we put out is called Offense, the Trap of Satan. Um, we got that from the mousetrap illustration. That little trigger in there has, you know, you put cheese on it or something. And the cheese is what catches the mouse. It's, the trap is triggered because he puts his nose on that cheese to bite it and it releases that. You know how a mouse trap works. And the cheese is the offense. That mouse, he loves cheese. Just like your flesh loves offense. Yeah, it does. Mine, mine does. I keep it crucified. But boy, it, it's just like, woof. And people get offended over things that there's really no offense in it. People get offended. The Jesus had people get offended over the truth. I used to think if I did, if I lived perfectly in the spirit and everything, nobody would ever get offended. Well, Jesus had people get offended. And I guess that means he didn't live perfect in the spirit. Yeah, they got offended at his preaching because it was the truth. The Pharisees in Luke 16, 14 heard Jesus preaching on money. And the Bible says they were, they, they derided him. And the Pharisees who heard it, the Bible says, who were covetous. Don't you love the Bible? Just, to, just tells it like it is. Heard all these things and they derided him. That means they criticized. They said that preacher down there preaching on money. We don't like him preaching on money. Because what, what was it? Was it that his preaching was wrong? It was no. It was because of what it exposed in their lives. It brought something to the surface where they could see it. And they loved their offense, their covetousness, more than they loved the truth. Now go over to Psalm 119, verse number 165. Psalm 119, 165. Anybody found it yet? When you find it, say, I found it. Because heaven, heaven wants to hear that you said you found this tonight. They're up there. The angels are writing down. He said it. He said he saw that verse right there. <laughs> Psalm 119, verse 165. All right. Find it? All right. Great peace. Anyone want to read it together? This is King James. Great peace have they which love thy law. And what? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing shall offend them. So it is possible to have nothing, nothing offend you. Jesus said it's not possible to go through life without offenses coming. But it's, but it's possible to go through life without taking offense. Right? So, so it'll come. You'll pass up some dues, the opportunities to, whoo, whoo, man, let's, whoo, man, we could take this one, couldn't we? All the way to the Supreme Court. Man, we could take this one. Let's go. <laughs> Hallelujah. The Lord asked me one day, I was meditating on some of these things, and he said to me, I was, I was meditating along this line, he said, if I was on the earth, he said, would I be involved in the grievance industry? Well, that smacked me right across the face. I don't know if you know what the grievance industry is. Just find somebody's got a grievance and put out a lawsuit. Yeah, well, anyway, I'll go over here and see if they like it over here. Some people in the name of ministry, that's their whole ministry. Yeah. Yeah. 
the grievance industry is their ministry. That's not ministry. What we're doing tonight is ministry, not taking, teaching people not to take offense. Your faith needs to be, I remember one time the Lord dealt with me about this and he dealt with me. He said, he said, just let that go. He said, at least your faith will work. It was costing me, it was costing me money to let it go. But he said, just let it go. At least your faith will work. Listen, you need, you need more than you need that money back, which, you know, take somebody by the throat and say, pay me what you, you know what Jesus talked about. More than I need that money back. I need my faith to work. My faith will bring, my faith working will bring in a whole lot more than that money. We got to think right about these things. Praise the Lord. So, um, these things will come. Not, don't think that uh, they won't come. But Jesus, or the Bible said there in Psalm 119, 165, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. There's so much in that verse. Number one, people sometimes, this is one, one reason sometimes people don't have peace. Is because they're taking offense. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Taking offense uh, brings people into mental torment. Yes, yes, Opens the door to mental torment. That's one thing you can get out of that. We, could, we don't want to take the time to go that direction tonight. But look at it this way. Great peace have they which love thy law, nothing shall offend them. In other words, he's telling us, you need to love the word of God. The law was the Old Testament yeah, word of God. Right. Bring it through the New Testament. Great peace have they that love his word. Yes. And nothing shall offend them. In other words, love the truth more than you love offense. Yes. Amen. Love the truth more than you love offense. Today we've got a culture of people that they, they gnash with their teeth at the truth. They don't like the truth. In other words, in order to deflect attention from the tr- what the truth exposed in their lives, they get offended at the messenger. At the one who's bringing the truth. And they malign and they, uh, you know, smear and they try to dig up dirt. And that's someone who did not receive the truth. Which would, if you know the truth, the truth would make you free. So that's somebody in bondage. Somebody that's not free. Amen. Bible says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free. Don't be entangled again in the yoke of bondage. Well, to do that, we've got to stay free from what entangles people. Well, hallelujah. So great peace have they which love thy law. Nothing shall offend them. And so when your flesh smells cheese, you got, you know what I'm talking about. You ever seen that mouse? I mean, I've seen videos, I've not watched it with my eyes, but I've seen videos, you put a mouse trap out there, you got that cheese on there, that mouse comes up there, and you can see his nose gone, it's like, it's gone a thousand miles an hour, I can't even do it, you know, he smells that, oh, his flesh wants that, and the devil puts out traps, and he puts cheese on it, they didn't treat you right, and your flesh is like, He's shaking. You know what I'm talking about? I just got to get even. Smack. Gotcha. Oh, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Feeling that come down on your neck. Oh, man. Oh, there it is. That's that. That's a trap. It's a trap of the enemy. And so, how do you keep from taking offenses? Well, first of all, learn to cast down every thought of offense when it comes. Thoughts will come. They didn't treat me right. They made me look bad. They didn't. I was, I'm doing more honor than that. Don't they know what I did? Didn't they say, why can't they even say thank you? you need to, when, you, when that starts, when those thoughts are coming, you're being, you're, you're being, lured into a trap. So go all the way back to the thoughts and answer those thoughts. How many of you know offense may come? Uh, Thoughts of offense may come. But thoughts coming, thoughts of offense coming does not equal taking offense. 
Because the enemy will tell you, well, see, you're already offended. No, you're bringing thoughts of offense. But I answer those with great peace have they that love thy law, nothing shall offend them. I will not take that offense. I exercise myself to have a conscience void of offense towards God and towards men. And you, you get, the, get the word in you in this area, and uh, it'll keep you free. Now, you staying free will make people mad. Because it offends them that you're free and they're bound. <laughs> but you just keep the joy. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, if you were raised in, a, in an atmosphere where this was the way everybody did things. And listen, it's not the Irish in you. It's the flesh. Yes. Well, that's just the way we were raised. I'm not trying to pick on the Irish, you know, maybe Swedes or worse. I don't know. But, 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 but don't make excuses. Listen to me. Don't make excuses for uh, living wrong when it's not in line with the word. It's not, these are not cultural issues. And really they're not, listen, offense is never a personality conflict. Well, we just have different personalities. Offense is not a personality conflict. It is a spiritual attack. Yes. That's, that, that's exactly what it's not something. It's not based on personality. There, there's been people that I don't click with their personality, but I don't, I learned just to, you know, well, you know, we, we, we passed in the night. We didn't connect there. Okay. Let's try this again. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Anyway, I know you're getting it, right? So if you've been raised that way, you know, I mean, your, your bottle was full of, it wasn't full of milk, it was full of offense, you know. You, you, you were suckled on offense, you know what I'm talking about. Then you're going to have to put your foot to this maybe more. And now, how many of you know, uh, there's, there's areas of, in all of our lives, areas that the enemy Maybe we used to be bound by this area, and the enemy tries to use that over and over and over again. And if it was this one, this was the area that he used to always trip you up, then this will have to be an area you have to keep feeding on for the rest of your life. Not, 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 a, not out of fear, but just, just always, maybe we said, uh, take heed to yourself, take heed to yourself. And so, uh, you know, some, sometimes people were just suckled on it, and their bottle was filled with it, and... And then they went to elementary school and they got an education in it. And then they went to high school and they got a high school diploma in it. And then they went on to college and got a college degree in it. And now they're out majoring in it in life. And people are handing them doctorates. And Man, you're good at this. I'll tell you. Look at you, man. World class right here. Woo, praise. No, not praise. And, and people think it's their personality. Uh, I don't know it's as carnal as can be. It's bondage. It's, 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 listen, it's making their decisions for them. Let me tell you something about the Holy Ghost. He will never lead by offense. Never. If you don't get anything else tonight, get that. Never will he lead by offense. Never, ever, ever. Uh, anyone who's being led by offense. Now, people that are offended will never tell you they're being led by offense. But, you know, they don't realize it, but the last 99 people they met realize it. That's <laughs> the truth. But they'll, they'll tell you that they're being led of the Holy Ghost. Well, God has released me or he has, he has led me out or, or, or something like that. I notice he didn't lead you until the expression on your face dropped. And for the last two weeks in service, something's wrong. What's wrong? Nothing. Well, you're not the same. Leave me alone. I'm fine. Oh, we can tell. Yeah, we can tell. You feel that joy? In the... that, that doesn't sound like the joy of your salvation. 
<laughs> Nobody who's offended will tell you they're offended. It takes humility to acknowledge I took an offense. Get that. Do you hear that? It takes humility. That's one of the biggest, that's one of the reasons offense, uh, people struggle with it so much is because it's so rooted in pride. So rooted in pride. It's so rooted in the selfish nature of the flesh. And uh, to, to correct that means I have to admit I was wrong. And heaven forbid that I would ever be wrong. Me, wrong. Oh, okay. That's the truth. That's the way the flesh is. The basic nature of the flesh is selfishness and pride. And I'm telling you, I've had to do it. You've had to do it. We've all had to do it where we had to say, I was wrong. I was wrong. Forgive me. You were... Right, right. Well, praise the Lord. But it'll do you a whole lot of good. Well, that, I guess I was wrong because she said I'm wrong. No, you're wrong because your conscience is telling you you're wrong. And you just knew when she said it, she was right because your conscience told you. Amen. Or the other way around. Praise the Lord. All right. So, praise God we're learning something tonight. Some people collect famous people's signatures. Others antiques or coins. Others gather up offenses. <laughs> if nobody's offended, then they find somebody who has been offended. And that's, that's right. They're, they're, they're wrong. They're wrong. And they take an offense that doesn't even belong to them. They're so acclimated towards it. Do you hear that? You can, you can train your flesh to take offense. And how do you train it? By keep on yielding to it. Amen. And some people don't wait until you brush up against them wrong. They hold their arm out so that you can. I just, I just dare you to touch it. Are you touchy? No, I'm not touchy. You know, one, one, of the things, one of the things I'm thankful for, I'm thankful that I grew up in a family that picked on me. What, Pastor? Yeah, I had a family just knocked all the touchiness out of me. They just picked on me until I laughed at myself, and then they let me alone. They're just helping me get over myself. Yeah, the other day a guy said, I've seen you on live stream and on TV. He said, you look better in person. <laughs> I laughed. I thought it was hilarious. But there was a day. I would have heard that and gone, hmm. Kind of got offended at it, you know, a little... But I got all that knocked out of me. Yeah. 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 Get over yourself. Just get over yourself. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Every time somebody says something, don't go, well, what do you mean by that? Yeah. Nothing. Maybe I was just trying to get you to laugh a little bit, you know. Just... <laughs> So some of us are going to have to be brutally honest with ourselves about some of these things. You know, we can be lazy and start letting these things in. Let me say something about offense. Offense, all through the Bible, you can see it over and over again. Offense separates. It's another thing, if you don't get anything else tonight, besides those other two, other two, other two things, get that. 
Get that. Offense separates. It separates you from the blessings of God. It, it doesn't make God stop wanting to bless you. It just separates you from them. It separates you from the anointing. It separates you from fellowship with other people. It separates you from divine connections. It separates you from your faith. All these things. But that's what the enemy does. The, the, the enemy hates unity. He hates, he hates people working together. And so he's out separating. He's separating families. He's separating churches. He's separating people that God brought together for business. He's just always looking to just, just tear things apart, tear things apart. And you, you ask yourself the question, what's the fruit of this? Okay, I'm being led by the Spirit. But what's the fruit of this? You can tell which spirit it is by what fruit it's bearing. Amen. I'm actually impressed with God, how much he gets done in the body of Christ with what he's got to work with. It's really, it's really amazing. It's really amazing. People take, they're so touchy and so offended. Anyway, hallelujah. Um, there's no such thing as being offended and in faith at the same time. Your offense has separated you from your faith. All right. So um, I've, I've thought about offense in a number of ways, a number of different times, and I've, I've asked myself, what is offense? And I found it to be a toxic combination of sort of being irritated in the flesh over a wrong that was done, or maybe it wasn't done, but, you know, just you thought so. An irritation of the flesh. Um, Hurt, anger, and unforgiveness. It's kind of a concoction of all of that. Yeah, it's a bad recipe. I'll say that again. It's sort of a a toxic combination of being irritated in the flesh, uh, being hurt or feelings of being hurt, anger about it, in other words, what they did, and being in unforgiveness. There's always unforgiveness attached to offense. That's always part of it. It's really the same thing, just a little different expression of it. And so sometimes offense is manifested in open anger. Sometimes it's, it's an inward seething silence. It's a silent treatment. Something wrong? No, I don't want to talk about it. Right? Praise the Lord. We're just helping us identify it tonight. It's rooted in pride, or self, which is rooted in the selfish nature of the flesh. And uh, here's what I've learned about myself. Maybe you can help be helped by this. If not, pass it to the person beside you. Um, but you'll be happier in life if you just get you off the mind. It's always they did me, they did me yeah. wrong. They talked about me. They didn't say thank you to me. Yeah. It's me, me, me. You on the mind. My feelings, yeah. my rights. Yeah. Come on, somebody. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got my rights. Yeah, my, 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 my rights. Amen. I found that other people aren't thinking of me near as much as me. <laughs> they didn't realize that what they said, they weren't even thinking of me. What'd they mean by that? Probably nothing. They weren't even thinking about you. Afterwards, they found out how you took it. And they go, oh man, I didn't intend for you to take it. I didn't mean that. Right? But you just lost three days being all bothered by it, you know. Well, somebody say amen. Amen. People aren't thinking of me near as much as they're thinking of them. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. 
All right. It leads to separation every single time. And so it is never a personality conflict. It's a strategy of the enemy to separate us from God and his people. And so uh, it's impossible that these things can't come. You'll have great opportunities. But nothing shall offend those who love God's law. Uh, Just because someone has done us wrong, sometimes it's just we think they have. Um, You know, emotions can distort reality. You need to remember that. Um, I've been there where I got so worked up about something. And... At the time, it was the biggest issue in the world. I mean, <laughs> so worked up. Then I got a good sleep and woke up the next morning, and it's like, what was the big deal? Emotions distort reality. And the enemy will help you with that. He'll work on your emotions and push on your emotions and give you all sorts of feelings about it. And, and tell you that they don't think, they're not, they're not thinking about me. They're not, they're not, whatever. You just tell you all kinds of lies about people. Yeah. Once you finally cool off, you're like, so what? We went to steak rather than Mexican. I mean, you know, just. <laughs> just a different kind of heartburn, you know, just like. <laughs> We're just laughing so the medicine goes down, you know. <laughs> Um, but so anyway, just because somebody has done us wrong or we think they've done us wrong doesn't mean that we have to stumble over it and stop making progress spiritually. Brother Hagen, I mean, excuse me, Pastor Hagen said that Brother Hagen, his dad, said to him when he was just a teenager, he said, uh, Ken, that was his name, you know, to him, Pastor Hagen to me, but he said, Ken, if you never, uh, if you never... Uh, take offense. You never, you know, live in offense. He said, you'll never be out of the will of God. And he said, if you, if you learn not to take offense, you'll never be stuck spiritually. And so Pastor Hagen wrote that. I I read an article he wrote about it. He said that uh, if I am tempted to get offended, then I start asking, I remind myself of what my dad said. And I start asking myself, is this where I want to get stuck spiritually? The level I'm at right now, where the level of blessings I'm walking in, the level that God's using me, the level that, that the anointing's on me, you know, is this where I want to be stuck? Come on. No, thank you. No. Come on. No, no. It's not worth it then. Come on, not worth it. Not worth it then. Amen. So I don't want to. I don't want to hinder my growth. I mean, we think we're getting even with the other person by being offended at him, but really we're causing our own spiritual. We're hindering our own spiritual progress. Amen. There's a lot we could get into, but let's just emphasize here what the Lord was talking to me about, about this distorted thinking. Offense will distort your thinking and twist your mind and give you the wrong perspective on everything. Listen to this. Here's the fourth thing you really need to get out of the service tonight. Offense is very deceptive. Offense is deception, and it will deceive you. And um, it gives you the wrong perspective on things. It will make you believe things. It'll, it, it, you, you will believe things that are wrong because you don't think right. Let me explain. One of the strategies of war is to take, you know, certain strategic, you know, like doors or uh, entrances into the city or certain, you know, major bridges or, you know, routes into or out of cities or buildings or something like that. You know what I mean? And so access points, in other words, tunnels, maybe highways, whatever. And so armies will capture those positions and their goal is to replace you, the, the word the Bible uses is the doorkeeper. Uh, in other words, who's guarding that? Because before it was captured, there was, you know, protection there that was guarded because it's a major strategic, you know, thing in war to be able to get into a city or get into a building or, you know, 
get, get across the river or whatever to get access to the important things you need to take out to defeat the enemy. Well, those are where the, the uh, defending force will emphasize their guards. They'll put their guards there. You're not going to just put guards everywhere. You guard where the enemy's really going to want to try to take. And so uh, the, they'll have guards there, and those guards are there to protect who gets in and make sure people that go out are going, doing the right thing. And so whenever the enemy defeats that defending force, they change who's guarding that bridge, tunnel, or gate, or door, whatever, right? And by changing the guard, they change who is able to get in and out. Well, that's what a fence does. A fence changes the gatekeeper. What the gatekeeper that was there, maybe faith, love, and honor... That gatekeeper would only let thoughts in that are in line with faith, love, and honor. As soon as offense conquers you, it will change the gatekeeper. And offense will become the gatekeeper, and it won't let, it won't let love, honor, or faith in, or any thoughts of love or honor towards that person any longer. It won't let those thoughts in anymore. Now, the only thing it lets in are thoughts of offense. And it's absolutely amazing. You can almost see it happen in, in, in sometimes almost in people's countenance. They, you know, for 15 years, the church was a wonderful place. I mean, the pastors, they're just, they're just nobody like them. I mean, Christmas cards always say, you know, the best pastor in the world. Until offense gets in and changes the gatekeeper. I mean, I'm just bringing it down home. This could be applied towards husband and wife. Yeah. It could be applied towards, you know, other relatives, so forth yeah. and so on. Just, yeah. but, but when a fence gets in and changes the gatekeeper, now, uh, you know, in fact, well, let me, let me back up. Whenever love, honor, and faith were the gatekeepers, then anything that was said that wasn't in faith, that wasn't love, that wasn't honor was kept out. They took those thoughts captive. Right? But when the gatekeeper got changed and when, when offense conquered them, the doors to their mind, now offense is keeping faith, uh, thoughts of honor and love and faith out. And when offense thoughts comes, it sucks them in. That makes sense? And that's what offense does. It changes gatekeepers. And the, the, the church used to be the greatest church in the whole world. I mean, I've been to every church, and there's just no church like our church. But now, there's no, nothing good about the church. And it would be impossible for all of us to change that quickly. Maybe one or two of us could, but all of us, all of a sudden, we couldn't even do that. It wasn't us to change. It was the gatekeeper that changed. Aha. Uh -huh. So you can see how these things work. It just, it's amazing. You can see people's countenance change. And you know, the gatekeeper just changed. They were on the front. Now they're halfway back and then in the back. And then they come in late and leave early. And then they skip every other service. And then they're hardly ever here. And, right? Uh, we, we've got to not fall for these things like we used to. Amen. And so offense gets a new gatekeeper. It allows thoughts in that never would have allowed in prior to the offense getting in. And uh, when honor was the gatekeeper, that's all that it would allow in. And so uh, we're talking about guarding the heart and guarding the thought life. You got to remember the Bible said, guard your heart. And so, um, God's blessings also, another thing about the, this gatekeeper is the God's blessings that once flowed freely through that door to their heart, now is not allowed in by offense. Offense will stop them. Does that make sense? And so uh, it's not that God stops blessing, it's that offense stops allowing it in. 
Amen. And so, uh, if, if, if you recognize these things, you'll recognize that offense, one of the things it does is it cha- it's deceptive, like we said, but it changes your perspective. Yes. Yes. Now, think about the way Satan worked on Eve. Yes. God said, don't eat of this tree, and uh, so forth and so on. And, and Satan came along. And, and the perspective was clear. Don't eat of it. Right. Yeah. Satan came along and said, well, really, God's trying to hide something from you. He doesn't want you to be like him and know like he knows. So he's trying to keep something from you. And so it brought a different. Now, now they're rather than just take what God said. Now they're like suspicious of God. Yeah. They're critical. They're, they're like, oh, maybe maybe he didn't have our best interest at heart. Maybe he's trying to maybe he's trying to keep us from being like him and. You know, and it changed their perspective. Are you hearing this tonight? That's what offense does. Once, at one point, the the church is lovely, or the the spouse, you could take this into marriage. The spouse was lovely, and it was just all great. But but all of a sudden, you're suspicious, and you're critical, and, 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 and they can do no right. Right? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for utterance tonight. Yes. Praise God. And so um, now they can do, you know, no right at all. The spiritually, the, the other person didn't change. The gatekeeper changed. Amen. And offense will tell you your new great ability to see the wrongs in that other person's character is God showing you something to protect you. But that's not a revelation from God. Noticing everybody's faults is not a characteristic of the Holy Ghost. Or it's not something that is God is working in you. <laughs> Amen. Fault finding is not one of the fruit of the Spirit. Do you notice that? <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, it seems like we've gone about as far as we can go tonight. <laughs> Amen. Genesis 4, 5 through 7 in the Amplified. Cain and his offering, but to Cain and to his offering, he had respect. This is God. Genesis 4, 5 through 7. God had, excuse me, Cain and to his offering, he had not respect or regard. This is the Amplified. So Cain was exceedingly angry and indignant, and he looked sad and depressed. And the Lord said unto Cain, why are you angry? And why do you look sad and depressed and dejected? In other words, it showed up on his face. If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do, what, do not well, sin crouches at your door. Its desire is for you, but you must master it. That's what the Holy Ghost is saying to us tonight. We've got to master offense. It's, got, it's one of the strategies of the enemy. It's a device. It, it creeps up on you. And it, it starts out with a pout. Yes, it does. That's what happened to Cain. God didn't receive his offering. He's pouting. The devil's working on him. The devil's working on him. And God said, here, this is the Amplified, sin is crouching at your door. Of course, you know, the sin was killing his brother Abel. It's crouching at your door. It's desirous for you, but you must master it. In other words, he could master that. He could get good at not falling for that. Now, over in the New Testament, we, we read something about this. 1 John 3, 11 through 12. Almost done. 1 John 3, 11 through 12. Again, this is the Amplified. For this is the message, the announcement, which you have heard from the first, that we should love one another. Notice he brings up the love walk here. And then he said, and not be like Cain. So what, what do we see then? This was, Cain wasn't walking in love. Yeah. By being all offended at his brother. By the way, what was he offended at? He was offended that God received his offering, and not, or, or, or Abel's offering, and not his. Why? Because he just, Abel just did what God said. Some people don't do what God says. And then they see the blessing on people that do what God says, and they get offended. Don't let their offense keep you from being blessed. 
That was tight, but that was right. Don't let their offense keep you from being blessed. They'll gnash with their teeth. They'll criticize. They'll say you're whatever. I, somebody in the church said, their relative said, they were curious about what they were doing on the side. A little side hustle, drugs or something. What do you mean? Look at how blessed you are compared to all the rest of the family. I'm, t- I'm just telling you the truth. I mean, don't let their offense keep you from being blessed. So, not, and he said, walk in love. Not, this is amplified, 1 John 3. Not, as, uh, not be like Cain who took his nature and got his motivation. I want you to hear that. Got his motivation from the evil one and slew his brother. And why did he slay, slay him? Because his deeds, activities, works were wicked and malicious and his brothers were righteous, virtuous. And so um, we see here that getting offended is not walking in love. Second of all, we see that if we're in offense, we're being motivated by the wicked one. That's where we're getting our motivation. I have, sometimes it alarms me at when, when certain ones, we don't see it as much as we used to, but in, in the greater realm of humanity and sometimes the body of Christ, it's amazing how people don't realize what's, emot- what's motivating them. Yield alone, may my spirit yield. Then they go out and yield to offense. And <laughs> they cry in the song when they're singing the song. <laughs> We've got to catch these things. The first, the first step to not falling for it is catching it. What's motivating me right now? What's motivating me right now? Hallelujah. We're almost done. Tell your neighbor we're about to leave and get our toes all healed up. (laughs) Hallelujah. Isn't it good, though, to just look at ourselves in a real good, clear mirror of the word and examine ourselves? And so um, people are in a place. They just do Satan's bidding because they're under his influence. When they're yielding to offense and be motivated by that, he just puts a ring in their nose and come right over here. I'm going to lead you into bondage. Emotional bondage, financial bondage. You know, my wife and I had to get rid of strife in order to prosper. Selah. So he's just going to lead you right into where he wants you to. He's going to control your thoughts. He's going to control your actions. And if he's controlling your thoughts and he's controlling your actions, the Holy Spirit is no longer controlling your actions or your thoughts. He never controls anyway, but yielding to him, he will take the lead and guide you. But you can't yield to offense and let it motivate you, just like this said, and yield to the Holy Ghost at the same time. Because offense and the Holy Ghost are going two separate roads. Amen. And so you, you start taking these things and, and it'll start motivate you and making your decisions for you. And it'll, it'll lead you into places you'd never planned to be. Amen. This is dangerous stuff, isn't it? So let's exercise ourselves. Let's discipline ourselves to not take offense. Hallelujah. We're going to live free. <laughs> If we're going to live free from, do you just mark this down? There's the fifth thing you need to get tonight. If you're going to, if you're going to live free from devils, you're going to have to learn not to take offense. I want to live free from the tormenting demons. We didn't even have time to get into that section tonight, but just mark it down. It's all in the word that to live free from devils. We have to uh, stay free from this. Stand with me to your feet, but hold your, hold your pad and write this down. Jonah chapter number four. Verses 4 and 9. Jonah 4, 4 and 9. God told Jonah to go tell him judgment was coming. You know, Nineveh. Judgment judgment was coming. And, uh, of course, he disobeyed at first, but then he went. And they repented, and the judgment didn't come. Which is exactly what God wanted to. That's why he sent him to preach. God didn't just send the judgment. He, he, he wanted 
them to make the change so he could spare them. So he went and preached and they repented. The judgment didn't come. And if you read that passage, Jonah 4, 4 and 9, you'll find that Jonah got offended about it. Well, I, look like a, I look like a false prophet now. I prophesy it's going to come. Repent, because if you don't repent, well, that was the message. Repent so that it doesn't come. You know? So, but he got offended at it. And listen to what God said. He said, doest thou well? In other words, while you're all mad and offended and irritated at me, how's that working out for you, Jonah? <laughs> You need to examine how many testimonies the people have in their lives that live offended. And that'll help you say, no, thank you. (laughs) Because they just don't have testimonies. How's it working out for you? How's it going? They don't have any testimonies. They lost their joy. The way I look at that is if there's a bunch of people saying, come over, we want to have a a party. We're going to all drink strychnine together. I'd say, no, thank you. But but people say, come over to my house. We want to talk criticism and be offended and talk about how bad everything is. And this person's this and this person's that. That's that's like a sinning party. You heard a swimming party. This is a sinning party. Let's have us a sinning party. <laughs> you need to say, <clears throat> I've been looking at your life. I don't want anything in the, that you got in your life. <clears throat> I'm going to pass up the invitation. Amen. Love you. But I can't have fellowship with that. Amen. Well, we could go on, but I think that's good enough tonight. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. 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 Lord. Let's just pass this stuff up. What do you say? Let's just take, let's not take these detours. It takes too long, you know, besides there's too much, too many potholes in the road and stuff that we we run over and ruin our car and ruin all kinds of stuff. Ruin our mind, ruin our fellowship with God, ruin our joy, take our, take our peace. Let's just say, no, thank you. I'm going to just stay on the straight and narrow. Glory to God.